This is Cinema Roundtable. My name's Jake, and again, we're starting with part two, and Eric is here. Great to be here. Yeah, um, we had so much fun with the first half that we had to finish the second half, right? Exactly. Um, and I think what we're doing is, we're. I think, would you say, I, I, this was something that I was just thinking about, is would you say that the, the first half, because it trended downward, mm-hmm. and then the second half started to kind of have some other better ones do you think that the disparity between the first half of films and the second are very far from one another uh i definitely think that um the first three are like probably the strongest i would say although you know four and five do have some good qualities five less so but then i feel like at saw six this is where we see like a nice improvement yeah. Again, at least very temporarily, <laughs> considering the one we'll discuss next after Saw Six. A- after but. Saw Six, yeah, I, I think when I was kind of looking at this, um, I was like, yeah, one, two, and three, all really good. Um, and then I was looking at my rankings, and I was like, you know what? Like, I really liked this one, mm-hmm. and I really liked mm-hmm. this one, and it's like the series isn't as pulled down yeah, as it not, could have been. It, I've definitely seen some franchises go a lot worse and just take a nosedive and stay down. This, uh, Yeah, this franchise definitely isn't. The first one is the best, and then all of them are worse from, then point on, from that point on. I think, even though I think it's, for most people, Saw 1 is still the best one, but I think there's kind of varying degrees of quality after that it's not like oh we know that the next one we're gonna see is gonna be worse than the last one and so on and so forth type of thing and i think that's kind of emblematic in saw six yeah i feel like this is definitely an improvement over the the part five it feels even though like i said uh in the previous episode that this one also kind of feels like screenwriter 101 where it's like insurance people health insurance people are bad type of thing like all they want to do is is try to steal your money and not give you anything which i mean i think that's a granted like pre um you know affordable care act when they could reject people for having pre-existing conditions that would probably be more um, like the scenario is very fitting for that era of our healthcare. Fair. There are some really interesting things about when these movies were filmed mm. that are emblematic of the time that they were around. Because yeah, that you just said that, um, and then I think you definitely see that also in Spiral yes. as well, uh-huh. which we will talk about later. Um, but this one um, keeps on the. Um, the Hoffman storyline, but I'll be honest with you. I think that the other story is far more compelling. Which, which the, other? The healthcare Yes, yeah, story. Oh, I think so too. I think um, so too. Where, like in Saw 5, you have the construction angle mm-hmm. going alongside with the Hoffman story, Hoffman and Jill story, and ultimately the Hoffman and Jill story are supposed to be the one that you're more invested in. Uh, I feel like this one is really held up because the the healthcare story is actually pretty compelling mm-hmm. <laughs> and has some really clever but still achievable like 
Like, it feels like they're not ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're pretty grounded mm-hmm. in general. Um, and it's basically this man who is the CEO, I guess, of um, this healthcare company, which did you catch what the name of the healthcare company is? Was it Umbrella? It's Umbrella, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I thought was so. Un- I wonder, I, that had to be. A reference, right? It feels like it. Umbrella Corp from it sounds from like Resident, Resident Evil, Evil. <laughs> um, but he basically has to decide whose lives are more valuable based he, on the algorithm, yeah, essentially that another, he has created. Another, um, you know, torture scenario involving statistics and actuarial science and stuff like that. And like, quite frankly, I don't even have anything to say about the Jill and Hoffman story. Yeah. It kind of just keeps moving. It does. Like, and it's. I feel like that whole subplot is not as interesting as yeah you know, the other stuff going on. It's like, well, it's there. Nothing really gets accomplished. Accomplished. Yeah, yeah. It's like Hoffman is getting more sketched out because people are kind of starting to figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like, did John know what was going on? Who is, who is more in the know essentially? Cause there's this whole like envelope plot where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I had an envelope for you, but I also had an envelope for you type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we just get into the healthcare plot. The healthcare is, it, it, you know, plot is definitely the most interesting and memorable thing about this film. I will say this is one that I had two favorite traps, though. But I want to know what your favorite is, though. Um, I would say the not so merry go round is my favorite. That one was one of them. Um, the o- other one is I, and we alluded to it in the last one, is I do like the pound of flesh. Oh yeah, that I do like that scene as well. It's very tense opening. Yes. Again, another kind of great metaphorical. uh, Yeah. Well, kind of a a very like grab your attention right at the beginning type of opening (laughs) scene, which is essentially there are two people uh, of a big fat man, basically, and Mm. a tiny woman. And they have these these like helmet things yeah, that will drill into their skull if they don't. Whoever it's, it's, donates it's the most of their own flesh yeah, will win that contest. And uh, he can, like, cut off pieces of fat because he's a big fat man. <laughs> and although that would not be pleasant by any means, it's a lot more doable, I yeah. guess, if you would you look say. at the other, the, you know, the woman who's competing, she doesn't really have any non-essential <laughs> body parts to There's remove. kind of a comical cut it is where he's cutting him his whatever and she like lifts her shirt up and she's looking like and she's like oh there. there's nothing yeah. here um <laughs> which is funny what she ultimately hacks off her arm yep. and throws it in and that ends up weighing more than since bone and muscle are heavier than fat so yes. she ends up winning that um something that i brought up to lexi and she did have a good point so i'll i'll concede but it's like why don't they like throw other things into the oh, yeah, machine. Like the, like the scale wouldn't know if they dropped a shoe in. If or you drop a shoe right? or like their clothes or yeah. something like that. And it's like, there's probably someone watching the game who would probably, probably be like, like <laughs> be like, that's not what you're supposed to do. And like, they would like not, start yeah. drilling or something <laughs> right. like that. And it's Saw like, strip poker basically. 
<laughs> that's that's actually terrifying. Yeah, it you is. have to play strip poker wanna. with someone that you don't want to play strip poker with. Um, but but that one is kind of inconsequential. I mean, you see her later in the movie. Yeah, and then she has a little cameo appearance in part seven. In seven, yeah. Um, but let's talk about. Sorry, I totally went no, off. No, no, yeah, no. That's a yeah. Tangent, it's great to bring right? that. I I do love that opening scene too. It's so uh, just like tense and nerve wracking and. Um, but but yeah, there's there's a lot of really clever traps that are not like too crazy. Like they feel grounded. Um, it's you have the first one, which is like an older woman and a young man who are both essentially going to be hanged, but he has to decide whose life is more valuable. The young man who is healthy and all these things, but he has nothing. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of an empty person. And you have this other woman who is like old and like probably not as valuable, but she has like a family and all these different things. Um, and ultimately he makes the right choice. I mean, it's not good to kill anyone. Of, I mean, the, yeah, it's not like a great choice, you know, anyway, but it's like you get the option of saving up to two people or all of them get killed. Yes. Oh. Um, he, she does also, show up in the support group as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> um but then uh there's some other ones that are that are good, but I think we should just get into the mm-hmm. not so merry go round. Yeah, so do you yeah. want to explain that one? Uh so one of the rooms the protagonist, if you even want to call him that, because he's I don't know. I hate to call him the protagonist. He's not a likable guy. He's, he's a scumbag. He is. He's just awful. So he enters a room, there's a, a children's like merry-go-round, and six of his co-workers are chained to it. And also, these are like the most despicable people. Yeah, they're, they're like the people that he has specifically hired to comb through people's right. things so to they'd find be discrepancies. The kind of like insurance adjudicators who are looking for pre-existing conditions so then they can say, well, we're not covering your treatment for X, Y, or Z. And they take uh, an, a unrealistic amount of glee it seems like through in the opening when you are learning who these characters are they're so proud of how much money it saves the insurance company because they just refuse to uh, assist with people's medical care even people who've paid into their company for decades yeah um but anyway um so he uh and of course he ties it back to the statistics that um this company use uses and used to reject uh you know John Kramer's cancer treatment so there's a lot of flashback scenes about yeah. um him being turned down because it's like well his age plus the severity of the disease it's like well we're not going to cover your treatment which to be fair like i'm not siding with them by any means but like probably most I get health insurance companies would, would probably do that but they don't have to be as gleeful, I guess, yeah, about right. it. Um, and then, there, yeah, there was another gleeful scene near the beginning where someone needs um, uh, some kind of heart procedure and they reject helping him uh, with that bill because he had dental surgery 30 years before. And then that, that caused some kind of chain reaction that led to him getting heart disease, supposedly. Yeah, they were like... But that's the justification they give. It's, it's very, very flimsy, but like <clears throat> purposefully flimsy. Right, and it's like, I guess depending on how broadly you define pre-existing conditions, maybe they could get away with something I think it was stupid. like 
dental surgery can lead to clotting, which can lead to heart conditions. I, I know there is something like there are legit concerns around that. Like my dad had some major dental surgery and they said anytime he has any sort of surgery in the future, he has to take a round of antibiotics first because there could still be some yeah. residual problem from the dental issues. I, there, there may be some basis in reality for that, yeah. but it was such a, just a scummy thing to do to yeah. someone who really needed help. It's a technicality type <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so so yeah, like the the six people who are uh, chained on this merry-go-round are, um, people who use these actuarial you know, statistics to determine who's going to get treatment covered and who isn't. And um, using kind of the the same ratio of people they they do or don't treat, um, the main character has to determine which two of these people he will save because he has to like crush his hand. Yeah, he will. Yeah, to or like break he his fingers, blood or blood on his hand, something like punctures his. Or that's palms. what it is. Punch, so yeah, um, but he since he only has two hands, yeah, he can only <laughs> save two people. Um, so that it's it's a really f- Fun, fun, quote unquote. It, it fun is so scene. weird that these movies are, in a way, fun. I mean, I know they're they're kind of cruel and gross on a number of levels, but it's like, I think maybe the fun part is like a combination of the creativity of the traps, and also mm-hmm. in many circumstances, the victims are not sympathetic people. Yeah, and it, I thought it was really interesting because they're all kind of pleading their case to him. Mm-hmm. There's like one part where she's like, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant and one of the guys is like, like, she is not pregnant like <laughs> like yelling at her like she's just trying to manipulate yeah, you yeah. or something like that. It was really interesting. Um, something else filmmaking wise that I really like is that a, real, a staple of the Saw series is a lot of spinning camera mm-hmm. movements where a person will be stationary but the, the camera, camera will be swinging around, around them. them. Where this one is really interesting because the camera is stationary and the trap is moving yep. around, which <laughs> I thought was really fun. Um, but I think it kind of has a really nice payoff at the end where he sacrifices both of his hands to save two people, but there is still one person that has not been judged yet. But he knows because he's already sacrificed both of his hands mm-hmm. that he has yeah, no choice has and no... he's going to die. Uh-huh. And this is a really good it's, – it's funny to say in a Saw movie, but it's a really good character moment. It is, yeah. Where the character – where the guy who is going to and die – He knows he has no chance left. Is like looking at him and he's like, you look at me mm-hmm. if you're going to do this to me. Like – like while you're killing, I think he's like, look at me while you're killing me type of thing. And then, and he's got this like really gruff voice or whatever. Cause he's very angry. And then the guy looks at him and he immediately kind of crumbles. And that was kind of where, and it could also just be the fear because the gun is now raising towards yeah. him, but it's just, it's really effective mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was a good moment. Way better than just the trap in general is just way better than a lot of the things that you see in the other movies. Um, um, but while all of this is going on, um, there are, there's a, a woman who is a reporter. I think, I think she's like the lead reporter on the story or whatever is in one room. There's another room that has, or no. Yes. Yeah. Yes, two yes. separate rooms. And then the, the second <laughs> room that has uh, like a teenage boy and his mom. 
<laughs> and they're talking about all this stuff. And at one point she's like, we're here because of your father or whatever. And it's kind of implied right. throughout so the story. Assume, yeah. That, that the protagonist is, is, is part of that family unit because you see earlier in the movie that he like calls his family and is like, I can't make it to dinner tonight. I'm working late, which is also a very silly scene. Cause he's like smirking in the background or whatever. And it's like, you don't really have to do that. But, um, but the twist is that the, the um, family is actually the man who had dental surgery mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that the woman who is the reporter is like the man's girlfriend or, or sister or, or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and so he has to save his family, but it's actually just the, the reporter and it's the not, reporter yeah, and, it's not the mom and son. So yeah, that, that was a nice little twist. Um, it's not as like, Wall, like yeah, not not like like the, it's not like the end of Saw two or you know the original one or correct <laughs> or even Saw three, or three for that matter. True. <laughs> um, but it is effective on a on an isolation level. Mm-hmm. I would say like it's a really fun twist for just the singular movie, um, which leads to one of the most <laughs> grotesque kills in the movie. Oh um, yeah, that that was pretty gross. <laughs> There's like vats of acid, which I don't know. There's so much acid in There's these a movies. Lot of acid it's like who is, who is all this acid? I saw this one thing uh, that I thought was funny. Is like how does John have all these real estate? Uh, like have yeah, all this real get estate? All this, these different locations. Like I know it's like each movie has kind of a different setting that sometimes has a certain theme to it. Like we'll get to it later, but. Um... Jigsaw's set in a barn, which I feel like is the worst possible setting for this. But yeah, um, um but yeah, and, and another thing I thought that was funny about it is there will be times where he'll like walk into a room and then like the lights will come on and like the clock will start or something like that. And I saw this one video where a guy was like, "Who is the stage director of Jigsaw's Traps? Yeah, who is like waiting there with the cue to like click something?" Right. It's, uh, it's like some uh, some assistant that they have yet to identify in this franchise. You know what? There They'll are so many later. assistants in this movie, in this franchise. There are two assistants mm-hmm. that we learn about, kind of, that never pay off. I don't yeah. know if, that maybe they're the ones doing it. Um, but essentially, the, the, the healthcare provider gets his comeuppance, and he is stabbed mm-hmm. with... Like syringes, essentially, Full of, uh, really corrosive acid, and then that it, melts him in half. Yes, um, and I feel like this this might be a rough episode. It'll be interesting to see if it even oh gets my to goodness, area. <laughs> like I said, we may for all of the people that listen to Cinema Roundtable because they listen to the radio station, which by all means listen to KZUM. They do great stuff. Um, this might have to be one that if you listen to on <laughs> Spotify or something like that, um, you'll probably be like, where was my episode of cinema Roundtable this month on <laughs> KZUM? It's like, well, well, I guess we'll, we'll find out word will come down from on high. And <laughs> yeah, up. maybe, maybe it'll be a really short episode and we'll just put <laughs> our review of saw X on the radio. But I feel like that discussion is going to be more disgusting than anything we've oh talked goodness. about. Yeah, you might be right. We've talked about some pretty horrific uh, things on this uh, show, but, um, but that's kind of the end of the movie. Um, 
there's I guess the the bang ending is Hoffman is put back into the world famous reverse bear yep. trap um, by Jill, and you think that that's going to be the end of Hoffman, but he does a like does a very clever smart thing and survives it. It's a really fortunate thing that there is windows that have bars on them yeah, in the yeah. room. He's able to kind of jam the reverse bear trap in between bars so that when they open, yeah, they open get caught <laughs> um, and he can kind of slip his face out, even though it does tear some mm. of his cheek, um, which it's funny and you see it in saw seven, but it kind of reminds me of a scene in pan's labyrinth too, where I don't know if oh, you... I haven't seen that in okay. a long time. Um, but I think overall, this is a really good entry. Uh, it's up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me for me too. It's like um, it's in my top five. Same. Um, it's definitely a top half uh, movie. But um, talking okay. about not top half movies, we're going to talk about Saw Seven, Saw Three D, or oh. Saw the Final tra- Chapter, depending on what you uh, what you've heard. Um, this one is bad. Yeah, I I hated it in the theater. Um, It is entertaining, but it is stupid on so many levels. And we can just call this the Stolen Valor sequel for so many reasons. Yeah. Uh, So we continue with the Hoffman plot, mm -hmm. um, but he he essentially is at the breaking point of being caught. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of dumb kind of so expendable cop characters that are just kind of fodder for Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> um, this definitely is a let's make Hoffman look cool kind of movie, in my opinion, where it's like, yeah. look at all that, because he like is taking on the police force or something right, like that. Right, but it, it doesn't really work, in my opinion. Plus, it there's um, this does have one of the dumbest traps in the whole franchise. Granted, it turns out to be a dream sequence, but it's the one where the pain train, I think, is yeah, what they call it's like, it. We're gonna what? Um, it's like a miniature train with a blade on the front, and then like uh, Jill's chained up over this set of train tracks. But it's like, what? Come on! Well, no. it's not even a trap. It's just it's just it's, it's just, just a, a murder. It's, it's just, just a <laughs> fancy murder device. It's a fancy murder device. It turns out it it's just a it's just a nightmare she's having anyway. So it's not even a real. It doesn't count. Um, yeah, it doesn't. I I I sent a, a list to our group chat that was uh, all of the saw traps ranked by survivability. Mm. Oh yeah, that one was the that easiest was one. The easiest, it's, he's like, it's a, it's a dream. Sequence, I would have right? just woke up. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. Um but but yeah, the the B plot, I guess, of this yeah. movie is about stolen valor. Um it is a man who has claimed to survive a a jigsaw trap, mm-hmm. but is actually fabricating the story to try to sell books and be kind of like this Oprah style, like go on to daytime yeah, talk shows and talk about how, like, try uh, to share this inspirational story that never happened. Like, and I'm just like, dude, how do you think that you can live in a world that uh-huh. Jigsaw also lives and, in? And like, yeah, when he makes this dumb decision to claim to be a survivor, at that point, John Kramer is still alive and knows that. 
you know, this guy's a fake, obviously. So it's like, why? What a dumb thing to what do. What a dumb thing to do. And <sighs> and we only get Jigsaw for a minute, and he's wearing a backwards baseball cap. Very silly. Um, he goes to a book signing. Yep. And basically, makes some cryptic, ominous comments. Well, and... it reminded me of like a harbinger scene from like a <laughs> for like specifically like Cabin in the Woods. Oh, like yeah. Like one of those types of people that's like. He's basically right on right. his shirt that says, you will die, basically. <laughs> and it's like he still doesn't know what's going on. Um, some of the traps in this are okay. I, I did have fun with uh, like the opening scene trap. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny. I just call it the bros over hose trap. That yes. was humorous. Which, I don't know if it was meant to be. That but, one doesn't make yeah. any sense either because it's like, okay, so basically the premise is that there's this big like shopping center. Right, and it's like, why Why do these people have to be on public display for, I don't know. But like who it was set this up? How did no one did notice? No one, yeah, find out. It's like middle it. of the daytime. It's bright. Mm-hmm. Like how did no one like... Like what is going no on over here? No one saw anyone setting anything up. Uh, it, yeah. It's it's very weird, and it's basically two men who have found out that this one woman is sleeping with both of them, and like and scamming them out of money. It sounds like exploiting them. I mean, um, they could have probably just kept it at a. Well, maybe that's not a justifiable enough. Maybe death. not. They had to add some other sordid details to but. make her seem a little bit or even more unforgivable yeah. <laughs> um, but basically there's a big like table saw in the middle and they they're even wearing like like woodsman overalls <laughs> too which i thought was interesting but they can either push the saw into one of the other people um, killing them and saving themselves as well as the woman um, or they can let it stay straight up and she will die, and they will get to live, uh, which is what, what you decide. alluded yes. to earlier. The and it's funny because she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "We're breaking up with you, Tina, or whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's very comical. But there's there's a lot of comical stuff in this movie because I also wanted to talk about one of the more satisfying traps of any of the films, and that's I think they call it the horsepower trap. Which is has a nice cameo appearance by Chester Benningfield from Lincoln Park. Um, is that the the one with the car and the, the glue one trap? With, yes. Okay, so yeah, that is like the best glue trap in a movie since Debbie's death in Nightmare on Elm Street Four. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, but essentially, in that one, it's a, a band of neo Nazis basically <laughs> are in a garage, um, and one man. It, there's a woman that is underneath the car tire, another man who is chained to the garage door, another man who has like chains attached to his limbs and that like, are attached to the car, and, and one through his jaw, kind of like um, in Saw Three. In Saw Three, yeah. Um, and then there's the main one who is Chester from Lincoln Park, who is neighbors <laughs> with the producer. That's okay, how he got so into the movie. So that's how that happened. Um, and he has to pull himself off of this chair that he has been glued to to pull a lever to save all his friends. But this one is like the most like so over the top. so over the top. There's like metal music playing in the background and it's just screaming. And it's like, of course, all of these white supremacists are going to die. Like, why are we even 
Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I bet they're going to learn their lesson and stop being white supremacists. Yeah, right. Like, type of thing. Um, some people just, I mean, you can't just reform them through, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially this method, but. Yeah. You know. And, like, ultimately all of them die, which is, you can see from a mile away. Right. Um, but this is also kind of a cake and eat it to one mm-hmm. where you see all of the gory details of what he's supposed to do, but he runs out of time. Um, but I will say, I think my favorite trap in this movie is actually the, I call it the cone of silence trap. It's, uh, the, the guy who is, who wrote the book is Mm. in the same as saw four and saw six is kind of deciding the fates of all of the people who helped him get to where he was. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah, that, that was a good, so it's like his publisher, his, a uh, friend who corroborated the story, like all and, these things. And knows that he's a fake and then helped him anyway. Yeah, so there's a woman who has a key in her throat and sound-sensitive drills, basically, mm-hmm. who she he has to pull the, the key Which from her. Which wouldn't be bad, except for there's a big fish hook attached to the key and yes. that's so yeah and so she keeps screaming and thus the drills keep getting closer and she ultimately um get she dies everyone dies because no one is and is a good person movie, except all... for his his wife yeah who does not deserve it in my opinion mm. um but I will... yeah that's true i have a big problem with that death honestly and i think yeah. the issue with that one too is that she she was never in on the scam. She was never believed, in on the scam. She believed that he was really a, a jigsaw survivor. And that whole scene where he fails to save her. Okay, I have a I would not have known this when I watched it, but I have a technical criticism. Okay. Where he has to replicate in real life the trap he claimed to have escaped from, you know, in his book. It never happened. So he has surprise, to surprise surprise. Yeah, he has to put um hooks into his chest and suspend from them and then he to like plug in a cord yeah he they his skin like rips out and he falls and can't uh can't complete the task in time and then his wife dies um i know people who are into the human suspension thing where they put hooks into their skin Mm -hmm. and different areas and it's like human skin is actually super tough it will not rip loose like that yeah it my what I thought you were gonna say is that why doesn't he just stick his feet in it? Yeah, I mean that that could he work could, too because they're they're hooks, so he uh-huh. could s- slip his foot right and kind of space because he has to like kind of pull himself up with a right, different thing. The, the pulling himself up part looked a lot worse, honestly, than the hooks. Like once I got to know people into the human suspension stuff, like I'd be like, well, actually I would try that. It doesn't actually seem as horrible as it, it looked at first. So, I mean, I guess with the human suspension stuff though, it's usually more than just two though. Not always. Okay. I guess whenever I've ever seen and, it, it's been yeah, like I've, six or something I, I've like seen that. quite a few do it with only too and then like they'll even like swing around aggressively on them and it doesn't rip out so, so that's why that? when I... the writer of saw seven yeah you made a mistake you made a mistake your... <laughs> i know that all of these movies were flawless leading up to this <laughs> but that is the flaw um but i think that whole story is pretty dumb it is i have to say though like i as much as i hated it in the theater i had some fun watching it now but Something that may have skewed my perception, and this is a traumatic event for me. 
for another podcast that I'm on, we had to review Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Okay. And that movie is so horrible that um, Saw 3D is like Citizen Kane compared to that. I don't know if I've ever seen that one before. Never so, watch okay. it. I, I, it's that situation where it's like I'm intrigued because you said it's so bad, but I, I'll probably just it's stay so, away it's from so it. Like, I, I, I like uh, I like – uh, one through five, just fine. Mm-hmm. That one, no. Um, awful. Uh, side note, what's your favorite Freddy oh, gosh. movie? Yeah, I kind of, I really like Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Okay. Uh, my, my, mostly because of the visuals. Four and five are actually pretty strong for me because of the visual style. So my favorite is actually three. That is that Dream is Catcher yeah, or whatever. Dr- Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Dream Warriors. <laughs> Um, I really like that one, but we're not talking about Friday yeah, the we'll Thirteenth. Yeah, uh, or, or Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely um, not talking about Friday. Or the sorry, 13th. yeah, fr- no. <laughs> yeah. I will say that's like my most overrated horror f- series of all time. Mm. But we can get into that at <laughs> a different time. Um, but anyway, uh, so with the Hoffman storyline, um, again, they find out who who he is. I will say there is one cool thing I think that they did in this is that they're kind of doing this mixing thing where they're using one of the jigsaw tapes and they can tell that there's been a voice processor on it Mm -hmm. and they're mixing it to kind of pull the processor off and the line that is said in the tape when they when the processor basically is kicked off and you can tell that it's Hoffman is right now you're feeling hopeless. And I thought that was kind of a fun, like, uh-huh. like oh, now Hoffman is feeling hopeless type of thing. Or that's how I perceived it. But it kind of just leads to a rampage of indiscriminate killing. killing of, yeah. Uh, of just, like, traditional, like, shooting people and mm-hmm. stabbing people and stuff like that. Yeah, I will say you so do... so over the top, yeah. You do get to see the bear trap finally in action. Mm-hmm. Um, with Jill spoilers, um, he does rig it up with Jill. And at that point he thinks that he's gotten away with it and everything is good to go. But little do we know (laughs) double twist. There's another person involved and that's Dr. Lawrence from the very first movie Mm -hmm. who you do see in the opening scene did survive by cauterizing his wound um, but you don't know really anything other than that. Yeah, so that that was a nice bit of fan service to bring him back. Yes, but, which I know yeah. that he didn't really care too much for the series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> from the, I think he was even like suing them over <laughs> wow. some okay, profit sharing stuff. Interesting. Obviously, they figured it out because he's in Saw Seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's a good fan service thing. But there's a lot of holes. Yeah, there's just so so many things wrong with this movie. It's like, yeah. it's like how was Dr. Gordon involved, but Hoffman and Amanda were Don't unaware of it. the situation, and mm-hmm. and Jill for that matter. She never brings it up. Um, there's a part where they where he drugs. Hoffman and he's got two other people standing behind him. We never figure out who those people are. Um, I think ultimately this is a pretty weak movie. Very, very Um, weak. And I, it is my least favorite. Um, Spoiler spoiler on on our rankings, but this is my least favorite one. Uh, It is not very good. It is Um, also my least favorite. I don't have anything else to say about it. And I think, 
for a lot of people, they thought this was the end of the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. Which would be a really awful way to end it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, it was called The Final Chapter. They were releasing all these movies year after year on the on the year. Uh, and then they took a break. Mm-hmm. But it did come back with Saw 8, which is called Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is takes place in... In a barn. <laughs> in a barn. Yeah. Uh, it takes place, I think, 10 years. So, yeah, there's a, another big twist around a timeline thing where they you think it's a, a later sequel but it's they reveal that the the group of people that you are watching were actually the first um group of victims it's simultaneously so it's like the first years. saw movie and the last saw movie yeah so there's like their follow-up scenes uh, kind of wraparound scenes but they they mess with your sense of time so like the group of people you see working through a, um, this barn that's full of different traps. They were actually victims from 10 years ago. Um, yeah, and I think this movie is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's great. Same. I feel like it's it's not a necessary sequel, but if you're a fan of the other ones, it's entertaining enough. It's competent enough. It's better than Saw 7. Definitely. So <laughs> if they would have ended with Jigsaw, it at least was on an upward trajectory. Right. Um, I will say that there are some logistic things that I think don't make any sense. Um, one in particular, they kind of spoil the twist a little bit. In that they show a man who had like a bucket on his head, essentially. Right. They and they never... pull the bucket off mm-hmm. and he ha- he's been bisected through his head. Yeah. And yeah. I and I remember the moment I watched it, I was like, why is his head that way? Yeah. But the bucket is not that way. Exactly. Yeah. So that was like, I don't get this injury. Like, this is a little strange. It Because yeah. you see in the, in the, what you think is happening that they all have these buckets on their heads and then they're getting pulled into these saws, assuming that it would cut through the bucket and the person. Mm-hmm. But the bucket is still fully intact. So obviously yeah, that is definitely a, he a has been placed mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I mean, what, what do you, I, I don't really know I, too much about the plot. Cause it's basically it's like, a- Oh, is jigsaw back? We don't know. Like, right. that's essentially the A and then, plot. And then, yet again, they reveal that, oh, there's, like, an, yet another accomplice that was never discussed before. The and man. No one, yeah. The, yeah. The so, bucket man. The bucket man, who, uh, who you assume died in the first trap, and he actually survives, and John Kramer stitches him up and helps him out, and then he Because j- you see Jigsaw follower. have... A moment of regret mm. is basically what right. it is. It's like, well, you made an honest mistake versus you know willfully harming yeah, other people. All of the other people involved are people that didn't take care of his medical diagnosis, right? Or like are somehow related to his. And some of them are no, just no, no, criminals. No. They're just um, criminals. Yeah, because you f- you find out that Jigsaw was living next door to a woman who, um was who essentially killed her small baby because yep. she then, couldn't handle the crying and, and then, then framed, kind of framed her husband and made it seem like he like did a rollover death to the baby but um, and then he ultimately dies out of grief mm-hmm. he unalives un- himself um 
And little did she know that the person that's living next door to her happens to also be Jigsaw and has been listening to this whole conversation the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the motorcycle man isn't didn't he sell the motorcycle oh, to yeah, like he, his he, nephew? Sells, that's right. So like, yeah, they they do like most of them are just um, petty criminals, but they all connect to Kramer in, in some way or other. So Kramer. The, from yeah. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Yes. This will be like the sob rankings. Yeah. Here. Uh, um, but yeah, he, he sells like a, a um, defective motorcycle and then that ends up uh, killing the person who bought it. The person who bought it is John Kramer's nephew. I think it's his nephew. Yeah. Um, I, again, I don't have a lot to say about this movie. It's, it's just, it's, it's okay, but it's not, it's profound. inconsequential. It's not, yeah. I will um, say, what was your favorite? trap or whatever um, i have a couple in this okay. one is the human uh cuisinart okay yes and the other one is the laser collar that you see at the end so when you see the final effect of that on the one character the laser collar is so over the top it is that's what i love about it that though it's it's like you could you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it uh-huh. <laughs> and something that i that kind of reveals a twist also to me is that the first guy he gets shot with the lasers, and then it goes up his head, mm-hmm. and he starts bleeding out of the neck. You find out later that it was a prop blood, yeah. and that he wasn't there. They like, weren't real lasers. And... and it's like, okay, well, if he got shot in the head and then, or in the neck, and then also the head, mm-hmm. why is his head not also bleeding? Mm-hmm. It's just his neck, which we then see the gruesome effects of. With like the, the actual, real, the real trap does to the other guy, where right. he looks like an octopus monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, afterwards, yeah, uh, I thought that was kind of a fun effect. I should, maybe I should quit saying that it's fun because people will think we're maniacs. I mean, on I this think show. people already think we're kind of maniacs, <laughs> but that ship has sailed a long time ago. I think um, the thing that this isn't really a trap, but something that I th- enjoyed is the shotgun shell key. Oh yeah, that was such a clever. That was a very clever mm-hmm. uh, moment. <laughs> At the very end, there are two final survivors, quote-unquote survivors, and um, they find Jigsaw, who at this point has not been Jigsaw. He's just a guy that they know, Um, and he's like, the key to your survival is in this shell or whatever, and implying that one of them has to shoot the other one in order to survive. But really what happens is the lady goes to shoot the man. It kind of backfires and mm-hmm. kills her um and you find out it's because John Kramer put the key into the shotgun shell um and that if they would have just pulled the shell out they would have been able to yep. undo it and they would have both been safe but instead um uh, the keys are ruined the key is ruined mm-hmm. because of the gun power like the because it was shot mm-hmm. um but but yeah, I know we didn't talk about this one for very long, but I don't it's really just, have anything else to that, say about it. There's just not a lot there. It's just it's just fine. It's eh. it's just fine. It's kind of in the middle for me. It's lower end, but towards the middle, I would mm. say. For me, it's it's still the lower end just because it doesn't have all that much going on. But I mean, it's ranks higher than part seven part for seven. obvious reasons. Yes. Um. So I think we just get into Spiral, which was a really mm-hmm. interesting change of pace for the movie. It was very different. Uh, uh, so I heard years before that Chris Rock was interested in – that was a fan of the Saw series mm-hmm. and was like, 
I think that you could keep the series the same way it is, but incorporate some humor to it, um, and it could still work. I really wouldn't call this movie a funny movie, though. He has some funny dialogue, but that's really all. It's definitely not comedic. No. It's it's, still a very serious kind of grim movie. He just says some humorous things. um, Yes. Uh, I will say that uh, I was a little bit taken out of the movie from the very beginning because the opening person that is involved with the trap is uh, I was like, oh, this movie must have been filmed in Canada, which it was. Mm -hmm. And that's because the man in the opening trap is a character on Letterkenny. I don't know if you've ever watched that show before. (laughs) Um, It's like a trailer park boys style comedy, basically. And so it was funny that it's like this comedy actor is in this horrific saw trap. Um, so I was kind of, I thought that was funny, but one, one thing I found jarring. So they do make it clear early on that the, the person responsible is just a jigsaw copycat. So yes. it's like, this could be a standalone movie. You don't have to watch everything up to this point. And I really liked it um, for that. Right. So, because it was so convoluted, like all the other plot threads going on. So it's like, this is just a clean break, uh, just a copycat thing. no. No secret accomplices, no weird timeline stuff. And I would have liked them to lean into that a little bit more, where the cops would be like, oh, we've got another one type of thing, where it's like all of these people are trying to copycat, but none of them are as good as John, so they keep getting caught. Yeah, but like the one thing, so I was like, you know right away it's a copycat, but the new... jigsaw recorded voice sounds like kermit the frog and that really is jarring to me like, i i'm conflicted <laughs> about it because i like that they changed the voice right it does make it clear it's a different person but that what did it have to be that voice I'm yeah just saying. um but the, i f- think this movie also gets a real big bump to it um in the public eye because it has it stars chris rock samuel l jackson is in this movie um max Magala is in this movie there's like some people that are recognizable, which for the most part in the Saw series, outside of Carrie Elwes and Don, and um, Danny Glover, mm-hmm. it's kind of a bunch of nobodies. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of just like random horror actors where it's like, oh, this movie has like people Something in it. Name people in it. Um, yeah. Are we going to go in a different direction with it? <clears throat> um, and I, I want to say I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Um, I think that Chris Rock is a little bit over the top at times, Yeah, but for the most part, I think he does a pretty good job in the role that he's in. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, much like in Saw 7 with a terrible wig that we will get into, um, this has kind of a silly situation yeah. where they put like a, a goatee oh, and a backwards yeah. hat on Chris Rock to make him look younger. Yeah, and like, I think uh, it looks kind of silly. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was your favorite trap in this one? Uh, the finger trap. That's what I picked as well. That was deeply uncomfortable to watch. Yes. It is essentially a man who has his fingers in like Chinese finger traps, essentially. And they're pulling his fingers off. Yeah. Like that's, that just seems so much worse than just, having fingers broken or just cut off, like ripped off. No, 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 not um, yet. And, no, and thank you. <laughs> he has to essentially stay quiet or else he'll be electrocuted, this, uh, um, which he yeah. does not. This is a, a cake and eat it too type mm-hmm. of uh, trap. I will say that um, all of the traps are kind of independent from one another. They are involving people 
within the story, but it's not like Chris Rock is going from room to room and finding yeah, it's, all of it's them. It's not like a Saw 4 scenario or anything like that. Yes. <laughs> um, again, I think this movie goes into a really explore some really interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was actually released in 2019 or right before all of the like George Floyd stuff right. came out. So it, it ended up being kind of a timely thing because it's about police uh, reform, police corruption. And um, like misuse of power. Uh-huh. And I think we just get into the, the twist is you find out that Max Magala, who is uh, Chris Rock's new partner, is the new jigsaw essentially and he's doing it to weed out dirty cops mm-hmm. because his father was murdered by Chris Rock's old partner who shot him basically for no reason mm-hmm. um, because he is a minority basically that's kind of the kind of what it seems like the conceit is yeah and it's um oh, how would I want to put that totally blanked out on that my train of thought derailed much like the little train and saw seven <laughs> I'm like I don't even know where I was going with this uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought this was a solid, um, a solid, yeah, like not really sequel, but standalone mm-hmm. um, uh, spinoff movie. Yes. Um, what else was interesting with this? Oh, okay. Now I know what I was going to say. I did not find that twist surprising, though. No. I, I suspected the partner almost immediately. Well, you see also something, and this is if you're a horror fan. This is a red flag. Mm-hmm. You see all of the people who are in traps in their traps and die. And then when one, you're yeah. assumed that Max Miguela has been in a trap, they find the remnants of it and not actually. And you him. never, yeah. You, the fact you never see him in the trap, you're like, they don't, I mean, you could have done like an unreliable narrator situation where yeah, you see him worked. in the trap, but it's actually just like the, like speculation of what happened type mm-hmm. of thing to kind of give you the feeling that, you know, this guy was one of the victims, but the fact they didn't show that, I'm like, he faked his own death. Like, He's going to be involved in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I did still think that it was a good, like, him being like, I, I think there's a part where Chris Rock is like, so you want us to, because he, because Max Miguela, um like, basically says, like, hey, Chris Rock, why don't you join me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you want me to join you to kill cops? And he's like, no, just the bad ones. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, not to say, like, whatever you believe or whatever like that. But, like, it feels like it's more in line with John Kramer where mm-hmm. it's, like, where there's, like, a morality or, like, a pseudo morality uh-huh. to it <laughs> where it's, like, you're trying to thwart villains, essentially, um, now is it the best way of doing that? Probably not, <laughs> but I will say that it, it felt like a good direction for mm-hmm. a standalone Saw movie, which this is a complete like standalone movie. Like yeah, Jigsaw yeah. is a standalone movie, but it still kind of makes a lot of references to, to mm-hmm. John Kramer. This one, they basically are like, oh, we have a copycat. That's it. And yeah. that's what I liked about it. Um, I think a lot of people kind of meme on this movie, <laughs> but I don't fully understand. I think it's better than a lot. I am in like a Saw fan page on Facebook that people talk about how Spiral is like the worst one. Oh, no. And I'm like, 
definitely are not. we watching the same movie like they think this movie it's worse is, than the seventh than, yes and wow. i'm like what are you talking about like mm-hmm. this movie is so much more well made it just in yeah, general definitely. <laughs> uh, like it's directed well it's it has some of the hallmarks of the other movie mm-hmm. in a set like there's kind of some of that green lighting that you see in some of the yeah, previous movies yeah it keeps some of that the same visual style and and i i, I think that this movie deserves a little bit more respect than it does. Now, granted, when I say my my ranking, it's probably not as high as you would expect right. from the way that I'm kind of gushing about mm-hmm. it. Um, I think that the traps are good, but kind of get lost to time a little bit in this movie. And because the twist is kind of weak, mm-hmm. that's why it kind of falls down to same, me. Same for me. So it's like, I, I definitely like it better than some other ones but it's not making it to the top bracket of my own ranking correct um and i think that's kind of all i have to say about that one too Mm -hmm. any final thoughts about that no before we get into the featured film um i think that there was um a lot of excitement Mm -hmm. from saw fans that were like we're going back to the original franchise and john kramer is like in front and center in this movie um, and basically the general plot of this one is that, uh, he is really sick. He's mm-hmm. basically at the end of his rope. Uh, I think they say he has less than three months to live. Um, and he finds out about this kind of experimental surgery and drug cocktail combination that's like not approved. Yeah, he has, it's not FDA approved. It's, um... The supposed miracle cure is actually not approved by any government, so he has to you know, go to the, some secret location in Mexico in this case. Yes. Uh, the doctor claims that they have to change locations frequently, so like they may pop up in Europe or some other part of the world. So but I think then they're it's in like, Norway originally. Yeah, but in, in, when he gets like put in with a you know apparent round of people gain similar treatments he gets sent to mexico yes um and uh i i don't think we should get into spoilers quite uh, right, right away it's so hard not to get into spoilers but, but i, I agree. i'm we'll gonna say to. i loved this movie i think that it is very good um it is the one movie where Tobin Bell gets to act. He is actually an acting powerhouse. He in this. is so good in this movie. And even I think Shawnee Smith is good in this she movie is too. too. I mean I yeah, well I'll get to some other things in the spoiler, but yeah, she's she's good. So they, there's like the right kind of fan service. They bring her character back since this takes place somewhere between Saw One and Saw Three. I'm not exactly yeah. sure how that timeline syncs up um there's probably some detailing that you you see him sketching out the rack Mm. Um, okay so yeah it's obviously of course in in well yeah he's on his deathbed so so it's somewhere before that spoilers it doesn't work (laughs) um he basically finds out that the that there are they're scam artists Mm -hmm. that they're not actually curing anyone and that they can't really tell that they're a scam because 
all of the people are dying. Yeah, every all of the people they supposedly cured are not around anymore. Yes. Um I but yes, I thought this movie was so dramatic. Mm-hmm. It felt like a movie. It like and felt it, like a film. It, it was feel... also yeah, it was it was also more of a slow burn compared mm-hmm. to the other ones like excluding that that one scene near the beginning which we can talk about in spoilers like the one which trap, is kind of silly but i i really love that one actually it was exactly what i hoped it was going to be but lexi we'll said that was the one that really that she had to like turn away from any yeah uh, and it's actually on the poster too so that's yes. nice but aside from that it's like such a slow burn movie where there aren't any uh traps or deaths like until i don't know is it maybe halfway through because so much of it is about uh, John processing the news of his terminal diagnosis and, uh, you know, like just kind of clinging to any hope that he can and more developing his character, his relationship with Amanda. And it's like, it's like, oh, it's like this kind of oddly sweet sentimental yeah, it's, uh, movie where, where he's the protagonist in this one. He is, and I, I think it's interesting because this is like the only franchise I can think of where the antagonist can become the protagonist mm-hmm. and it does not feel jarring or anything like that. Um, and, and yeah, I feel that the only reason that really works is because in the previous movies, um, he does, it, it's like he, he is sincerely trying to help people. And of course you can debate how successful his method is. Correct. But he, it's like, he does mean well. Yes. Um, and he does have, you know, a certain moral code that he operates from. So he's already like more likable than most of the victims in this yeah. series. But you get to see like the range of emotions with him because mm-hmm. he's at a very low moment at the beginning because the doctor is basically like, hey, like, yeah, you don't have much time. Like what I would suggest is like to enjoy these last things. And he's like, how am I supposed to enjoy mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to die? Like right. and all this type of thing, and he's like, it really, and he looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Also, like it helped that obviously Tobin Bell is much he's older like, than isn't he, he like was, eighty one years something old now, like that. or something like that. So but... an old, a man that is twenty years older than he was, and he was already a little bit older, mm-hmm. definitely passes as a sickly, yeah, 60 very year terminally old. ill person who's wasting away. Yeah, yeah, and then you get to see the high of the highs. When he does think that he has been cured, mm-hmm. and then also the lows again. So there's this this great kind of chance for Tobin Bell to actually get to act, and but yet he stays still in the realm of reality, mm-hmm. where there he's still that kind of calm presence, um, other than when he smashes a tequila bottle. <laughs> um, but he's just kind of like methodical, like this is how it's supposed to be. Like we need to teach people these things type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but uh, should the traps be in the spoiler section or should we just um, should we just say, I really liked this movie. Anything you would like to say before we just get into spoilers? I mean, without. Uh, yeah, I think most of the, the things, other things I do want to discuss our spoilers although i will say that um the the traps and you know, the games in here are especially disgusting so yes um definitely if i don't know if we have to put a content warning in front of stuff we will need to to talk about this well but we of do all the, cut the spoiler section out of the radio true. broadcast so, it will so go we might as well Spotify. just talk, we'll about, just it talk anyway. about it anyway 
Um, so, but yeah, for all of the really disturbing things in this movie, like definitely the most disgusting thing in Saw 10 is Shawnee Smith's wig. <laughs> yes. I um, don't know what we were talking about this before we started recording that like, sh- wh- like why did they do this? They put this very strange, like Bob haircut wig like the, on I, her. I know they were probably trying to get, you know, like a shorter haircut similar to what she had in the second film, but it's like, it does not match her hair in the second film. No. And it doesn't, it looks very fake. We're talking um, like the level of badness of Courtney Cox's wig in Scream 3. Yes, it is bad. It does not look natural. I don't know what's going on with Shawnee Smith's hair that she couldn't have just cut it. Well, also they they had a budget for some really good, like gory special effects. I think they could have afforded a better wig. You'd have to go to the costume store and Uh, get one from Spirit Halloween or something like that. Right. (laughs) It kind of looked about that level, yeah, honestly. It's, it's just like that. Um, it actually distracted me throughout the film and distracted yeah. me from her character, like which is unfortunate because, yeah, um, yeah she had some, she had good moments in this. I, I will say that she also does not pass as younger. No, no, she does not. And with yeah, with John Kramer, you can you know write off his aging in the within the universe of the film as he is extremely sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but with her, it's like, yeah, she's not passing for, <clears throat> I don't know, the 20 something person she was in the yeah. first, uh, couple films, which I mean, it is what it is. Time happens. Right. You can't do the things that you would like to do. And, and I mean, it, it, of course now, like some films will just digitally de-age people, but that can look weird that and unnatural. Also, it's like an uncanny valley situation. Exactly. Where it's like, yeah, that's not right. Huh. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you also enjoyed this movie oh, yeah, a, yeah. a pretty decent amount. I say we just get into spoilers um, so we can talk about some of that other stuff. Um, but so, yeah, let's listen to the bumper and then we'll get into the spoilers for Saw X. Could it really be that simple? Secret lies with Charlotte. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Aren't you asking us to accept a pretty incredible coincidence? I'm just saying a coincidence is possible. And I say it's not possible. Here's those keys, Rose. You know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? Silent breathe these people! Greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And like that, he's gone. All right, and we're back uh, with the spoiler section. Um, do we want to talk about the traps or do we want to talk... I, is there really a twist? I don't really feel that there's uh, like any big twist in this case, which is okay. It's like once, uh, and even if you've read like any basic review of this, you know that, or seen the previous movies, you know that the the cancer treatment that he's getting is fake or at minimum yeah. not going to work. Like that's not really a twist. That's, that's not just a, a story beat. Um, it definitely like. It hits him as a twist because he really believes that he received this um, yeah. this highly effective treatment, and then uh, realizes that he doesn't even have any kind of uh, like stitches or any head no. wound at all from surgery. It's just you know just yeah. his hair, unbroken skin, and so and then he finds the the videotape that they used to fake him into thinking it's that like he was getting brain surgery. It was like some kind of training training video, video yeah. Um, I guess the twist is that un- later in the movie we see like a disgruntled other patient mm-hmm. come in that's like they also like I 
also got fooled or whatever. Yeah, I want to kill I, these people. But I'm I think it's kind of, of obvious that guy too. Immediately. Um, <laughs> you find out that he is dating or whatever the ringleader, the ringleader of... and has been in on it the whole time, which I'm fine. I don't need a big twist for this movie. Yeah, it, it, it didn't need it. it. It was fine without anything elaborate. The movie is so character driven mm-hmm. <laughs> that you don't really need those story moments like that. Um, but I will say, as we kind of alluded to, this movie is a Saw movie mm-hmm. in a major way in that the traps are yep. brutal. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it, let's talk about the 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 vac the shop vac Ooh, trap. Yeah, so yeah, from that poster where there there's a guy with some kind of helmet on with tubes sticking out. I thought that are, the tubes are out of his eyes, basically. And I'm like, okay, they're either gonna drip something nasty through the tubes into his eye sockets, or what if it's a vacuum? And yay, it was a vacuum. So it was that a was vacuum. a That was an interesting concept, and the. the the thing that he has to do is turn a dial that will break all of his fingers. You know, one one click will break one finger. Same thing as and Saw 4. Exactly, where it's like he could have done one big twist, gone it out of the way, and then his eyeballs would still be in place. Um, But yeah. you you do find out this is a, a fantasy, a fantasy sequence. sequence. Uh, John witnesses the custodian uh, stealing... Prize or possessions yeah, from like a, a, a man. wedding band and a high value watch, or it looks like the guy's about to steal it. So then it, it was basically just John's thought process of like, well, if he steals this, this is what I'm going to do to him. And then and it never happens. And the guy like has second thoughts, puts the jewelry back, and yeah. then yeah. and then John goes like, good decision or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a little silly, but it's fine. Uh-huh. Um, the trap. There are two. I, I would say. There's there's a there's a radiation ca- thing that is bad but not too bad. Yeah, it's not as graphic and, and it also seems more escapable than yes, the other which ones. Yes, it does. And then mm-hmm. there's also a bloodboarding scene which, which is also bad but not as Not yeah, actually not, as bad. not that horrible. <laughs> I want to talk about the two other traps. I know. So yeah, this is why it's going to be hard for me to pick a favorite trap because I like the fantasy one, but I also like these other two that are like ones that really happen in the world of this movie. The the saw one was like maybe I don't know that one af- like affected the, me. What, the one with the bone marrow scale. Yes, that yeah, that was very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, so basically, there's a woman and she has like razor wire around her head, um, and then she's given a like a. I can't remember. I, want, what I can't it was. remember the name of those. Let me see those if I can wires find it. For, um, but yeah, they can cut through bones so they're used for amputations kind of like the movie audition at the end yes it's like essentially piano wire type of thing um it's called a a a geely yeah that's it that's it um and she basically has to cut her own leg off and then stick a vacuum of some bone marrow out of her own femur to fill up a scale to get her free and this one she comes so close to it well she didn't yell which is the whole thing is that he gives them all three minutes, which doesn't seem like three very much time. Three minutes is not long enough for self surgery. But like if this. you if you spend the first minute screaming, true, and like not doing stuff, right? Then you're not going to be able to do it. And that it like I was like, this is disgusting. Like mm-hmm. this is 
And again, as I've stated before, this is a cake and eat it too type of one, which the other one we'll talk about is also a cake and eat it too trap. Um, but ultimately yeah, she gets almost she to it. She is so close. And it's just the technicality of she didn't have enough bone marrow, you know, out yet to get the, the scale where it needed to go in time. Yes. But she did complete the task she technically. Did. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was maybe one of the most disgusting deaths in this entire franchise. It was I, just like, Ooh. It, yeah, I was, uh. I was feeling it, we'll say, yeah, after yeah, that it was one. Deeply um, unpleasant. But the other one is also disgusting. And also one that is not realistic to complete in three minutes. Um, a man basically has to perform self brain surgery in order to remove gray matter to dissolve. Dissolve that in some kind of enzyme solution, and then some chemical chain reaction will then give him access to the key to free himself. That is ridiculously elaborate. Um, also, how would he know how much is enough? Is exactly. The other thing. He's just like kind of pulling. I also like. I'm not a brain guy. I don't know what it is. Like I don't know what I mean, can I, be I did removed. Study, like some of that in like. I, I did a lot of like medical like pre-med classes, but it's like, yeah, he could take some off the top, so to speak, but it's like you're gonna I don't start know. to affect your Exactly. Like at a certain point you could be affecting your own like ability to understand what you're doing or affect mm -hmm. your motor skills or whatever. Exactly. So but he's totally fine. Yeah. Um and, and that is sort of explained in the introduction where the record you know, Kramer's recordings is human brain is amazingly resilient and like, like someone could survive with only half of their brain left. They can't just survive, but thrive or yeah, something, something like that. Like that. Um, and, but ultimately he fails. Mm -hmm. the, the enzyme solution does not dissolve quite fast enough. And he is basically put into a giant panini press. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, he, there's like a, well, it's it's fashioned after. It looks like sort of like, like a, an Aztec, uh, you know, statue a little bit or something. But it it's like a sarcophagus too, yeah. kind of, where but it has like heat lamps in it that like uh, I guess burn him to death. Yeah, um, that was a that a detail was strange, but it's like well, that was know. another thing that is I guess an issue with it is that like John is not in his element like he is in a foreign country mm. how does he have this building well i guess the building, well, the building is on the is, property yeah, so the, the building is where he had his supposed surgery which didn't actually happen but like all. how does he have all this gear i'm assuming because they were using it as a hospital and trying to make it look legit to the people they were conning they had um Medical well, like, equipment, but they wouldn't on have site. like the, the. But that's true. They wouldn't the have panini this weird press <laughs> the panini press. No, that's true. That is like that is an odd detail. That's like, huh? Yeah. Um, Where would you get that? I guess we, another trap that we didn't talk about is the the arm bomb. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. Um, that guy survives it. Uh, he has like pipe bombs wired into the soft tissue of his forearms, and then has to kind of flay them. his own yeah. arms to get them out so he kind of becomes uh, he's like a survivor who then like snitches on all of the other criminals yes. who were part of that scam um yeah um i mean i 
like we said, there's not really a big twist though in this there's movie. There's really not. No. So I mean, ultimately, there's kind of a su- sweet moment, I guess, where the main baddie involves this small ch- child. Yeah, just to show how like much of an e- evil psychopath she is, she's going to murder an innocent child just to upset John. And John had like formed this bond with a child with the child because he helped him fix his bike tire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, I mean, as you can probably guess, everything worked out where John and them get out. I was kind of thinking that maybe like Amanda. No, Amanda dies in the later movie. So yeah, obviously yeah, she so couldn't she have gets died. Out too. Um, um, but they they all get out and they're all kind of like walking hand in hand together. And the money that they have scammed out of them. Yeah, that the criminals scammed out of all these cancer patients goes to the little boy's family. Yeah. Mm. And it's kind of this sweet moment type yeah, of thing. It's like, this is like the very sweet sentimental entry in the series. Murder hugs for everyone. Yes. Uh, uh, that's a good way of putting it. Um, you said that, yeah. Um, but that's kind of the the gist of it. Uh, I guess ultimately John forces the couple to battle out against yeah, each other. Yeah, okay, is... so this is where I am. I have some disappointment in the movie. Same. So, um, other, other than like that final trap is not much of a wow factor um, yeah. after like all this other crazy stuff that we just watched. So the, the woman who's the, the mastermind of the scam survives, but then it's not clear what happens to her. It's like, does she just get to go free and then yeah. start all this over? Because she is the kind of person who cannot be reformed by any means, in my opinion. She's just hardcore psychopath. It's yeah. not happening. Yes. So and and I would have even felt better if like, okay, she gets to live, but you know, maybe he's arranged something where then she's taken in by law enforcement mm-hmm. and then prosecuted. I would have been okay with that, but Same. there's no follow up to explain what happens with her. Agreed. And I also thought just the the gas room thing was kind of just, anticlimactic yeah. also. I feel like that kind of thing should have been an earlier, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of get your feet wet sort of uh, trap and then and then get to those really hardcore ones mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately it's, like we said, it's a, a, a very effective movie. Um, it, it feels like a good conclusion, mm-hmm. which <laughs> is unfortunate in that as we've been talking we really enjoy this series but if this was the last movie which i kind of well it it won't be they someone will reboot it at some point more (laughs) but if this is this will be the end of john and amanda i would assume and i think think it's a very fitting ending for them it's a much better ending than um saw three even you Mm -hmm. know which um same or, or any of the the movies that followed up like so i think it was i forgot to mention but in part six wasn't there some other backstory about amanda and her relationship with someone the one guy killed in a previous movie who caused jill's miscarriage yes she is that's her so there's like a twist there Mm -hmm. but it's like um but then that twist actually undermines the the message and the final lesson of saw three so i'm like don't do that yeah why did you put that in there i don't know i yeah i agree Um, so I think this kind of just ties everything into a nice bow Mm -hmm. overall. Um, but 
so did you have anything else that you wanted to say, or do we just no, want to get into our rankings? I think that's pretty We've much been talking everything. for a very long time, we so <laughs> I think it's ranking time. I think so. Uh, do you want to do one of a, like you say all of them and then I say all of them, or do you want to say like 10, 9, 8, 7? Let's, let's do the countdown. Okay. So for 10, uh, uh, Saw 3D, a.k.a. the final chapter. Woof. Agreed. <sighs> that's my number 10 as well. So number 9? Um, I have to go with Jigsaw with that one. It's not, um, it's not a horrible movie. It's actually much better than Saw 3D. It's just not memorable. Like, I literally remembered almost nothing from this until I rewatched it. I agree. Mine is Saw 5. Okay, yeah. I'm close there. Okay, so number eight. Saw 5 for me. Okay, so mine is Jigsaw. So Mm -hmm. we just flipped those twos around. Okay. Uh, number seven. Spiral. Uh, mine is Saw 4. Okay. Um, okay, so number 6. Now I have, um, wait a second, I got some, oh yeah, Saw 4 here. thought I had a typo. Saw 4. Uh, I have Spiral, okay, so, we so we just flipped those again. again. Um, okay, number 5. I have Saw 6 for that. I also have Saw 6 for that one. Awesome. Uh, number 4. I have Saw 10. Uh, I have Saw 2 okay. for that one. Um, number 3. I have uh, Saw 2 there. <laughs> I have Saw 3 there. Um, number 2. Saw 3. I have Saw 10 <laughs> as my number 2. And then that leaves uh, number 1 saw. is the original Saw. I, I think that's not overly not surprising. surprising. I came, but like the like final like three or so were like very close for me. Like uh, at times I've considered parts two or three my favorite at a given moment. So it just kind of. It kind of depends. I feel like it would take a lot for Saw 1 to be beat um, because of how original and mm. clever it is. I I would go so far to say that I think Saw 10 is like a better film. Like you care more about That's people true. in that Saw 10. There's definitely more uh, like real character development in that. So, I mean, that is like a factor where I could definitely flip flop on my opinions within my yeah. top five, for uh, example. Yeah. But I think when it comes down to it, Saw 1 is one of the most iconic horror franchises of the of the 2000s, maybe mm-hmm. of all time. Um, as much as people like to rag on it, I think I think it deserves it. Um, they're there's something for everyone, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like the clever things, then you're going to find that in some of the movies. If you like visceral gore, you're definitely going to find that. If you want like iconic uh, horror villains or characters, at least, you're going to find that in John and Amanda. Um, but I love this series. As much as it's not perfect, I mm-hmm. still love it. Um is there any other final thoughts you'd like to say about the Soft series? Yeah, not not really. Like um, as a whole, it's a solid franchise, even though there are you know a couple difficult um, entries. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, in terms of these ultra long running franchises, I'd say the overall quality is probably better than say you know, a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth films, for example, or a lot of the Halloween sequels. Agreed. I think it's definitely more intelligent than um, some of those other long-running franchise sequels. I agree. Um, I, I think they age a little bit better. I guess I'm biased because <laughs> I was, I guess I was uh, 13 when the first movie came out, 
and then I'm 32 now, so very formidable years to enjoy horror movies. Yeah, and so is, maybe if I grew true. up in 1980, in the 80s, I would have more attachment to... I, I never liked the Friday the 13th or Halloween movies for the most part. But the um, thing, the thing is, then. though, is that like I can still enjoy the good entries from... Yeah, they, they do have some series. good entries. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, like, oh, I love everything in this series. Like, no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there's no perfect series. You could go so far to say that Evil Dead is pound for pound the Comes most closer. consistent yep. <laughs> series where all five movies are pretty redeemable. Mm -hmm. Like, there, I wouldn't say there's a bad one in any exactly. of them. Exactly, I, I agree with that completely. But even if you look at, like, the Exorcist quote-unquote series, like, Exorcist 1 is great. Oof. Yeah. I have a special f uh, spot for Exorcist 3. I do, too. Um, I love the third one. But um, 2 is not a very good movie. True, the beginning is really not a good movie. I tried with Exorcist 2, but it's a horrible movie. The Heretic, is that what that yeah, one's called? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And but... then I also am a big fan of the uh, Texas Chainsaw series. Same. I like 1 and 2 and the reboot. 1 and 2 are very good movies in very different ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then, which reboot are you talking about? Um, the the first, what was it? The two thousand two one. Yeah, I the like, Jessica Biel yes, one. I like that that one. Agreed. I was gonna say that one is is also very good, but like the Matthew McConaughey one is bad. That is a very strange. The one. the um uh the one from like twenty ten or whatever is not good. Leatherface is not good. Mm -hmm. I thought that we talked about the it Netflix on this one. one is the Netflix terrible. one is one of the worst. Like wasted opportunities, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but like, that's the thing is that you can talk up all these horror franchises, but all of them have have low points. Yep. And I think that for what it's worth, the Saw series has held its own in being enjoyable to a certain extent, even mm -hmm. in its lowest. And really, it's like one, maybe two movies that I would say are like this is a not good movie um but as we stated even saw seven has it has its moments has its moments <laughs> um but yeah i this was a, a very i mean thank you all for sticking with us for part one and part two this was a lot of fun to get to kind of revisit these movies and i think with 10 it kind of warrants something like this especially when you've got people like us who are big fans of the series um I don't really know what our next episode is going to be. We haven't I talked. Have We've been prepping no for idea. this. So um, also thanks to Bo. Bo was the one that kind of suggested us doing this. <laughs> um, so hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, but yeah, you'll just have to, uh, any final thoughts nope. for us? Yeah. Not, um, not you'll just have me. to follow us for our next episode. Uh, but until then, we'll see you at the movies. This episode was recorded in the studios of KZUM 89.3 FM in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can find out more about KZUM and listen to more episodes of Cinema Roundtable by visiting kzum.org. Our theme music was composed by Joshua Spaulding.